0: I just love seeing parents, like, just pick, every, pick that huge, heavy car up and put it over there because there's no other choice.
1: On Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Sedgatian-type spondial metaphysial dysplasia, or SSMD. My name is Kevin Fryert. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sonath and his son, Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Come join us to hear this story unfold. Effie, I wanted to turn the table and let you work here a little bit. What kind of questions do you have for Sanath or, or even me? You know, maybe about research and, and the journey you're about to take on there.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, Kevin, I think I told you already, but I was listening to your podcast before I started mine because I was, like, really trying to learn the science behind everything that was happening. And Sanaf, I So that's just... the
1: other podcast. <laughs> the Improbable <laughs> yeah. Developments one, yeah.
0: Improbable Developments, yes. And Sanath, I'm just, like, don't know how you're doing, what you're doing. Like, you're one of those parents to me where I'm just, like, how... How does he do it? How does he know that? Like, I know you have an incredible background that maybe helped in some way, but I just want to know how you're doing it. How did you do it with Raghav being so young and kind of being thrown into this world of not knowing about what's going to happen to his health and to your family? And how did it put you into this action mode so quickly and so efficiently? with all of the stuff that goes on as a parent?
2: I think it's problem solving. So I, I just really love problem solving. So to me, when, when Raga was born, I, I vividly remember holding him in, in, in my hands and sitting in Seattle Children's Hospital at the NICU and, and talking to my neurologist. And, and she's like, she's, she, she's basically giving me these set of tests that they're gonna run, a panel of tests that they're gonna run. I'm looking at that and asking, my, asking them the question, how much of diseases have you covered with these tests? It's it's to me just how can you solve this problem as quickly as you can, and that's that's what kind of keeps me going. At that point, we 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 decided with the neurologist to not go for an exome sequencing because I I was naive and I I shouldn't have done that. We could have gotten the diagnosis sooner. So there 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 were a lot of mistakes that I did because of my sort of obsession with problem solving. It's that more that sort of flips me from from being a parent to. To solving a problem and then, and then kind of going back to being a parent. Another thing that definitely helps a lot is working backwards. And I've told this many times to many people, but what, what makes it makes the the act of solving a problem simple is is working backwards from a goal. Uh, and the first step is defining what that goal is. When I, when I got started, I thought, you know, I'm gonna cure my son. That was my goal, right? And as I started reading up about things in the literature, listening to other podcasts, talking, talking to other people, I slowly started defining what the goal should look like. And, and now we have come to a point where our goal is to give him as, as good of a quality of life as we can, right? And, and that means it's fine if he doesn't go to school. It's fine if he doesn't run around in the park, but get him independent, get him to do what he can to the best of his abilities. If it's beyond his abilities, that's fine. We don't have to achieve that at all. And kind of working backwards from that, the question then becomes, what can we do to get, get quickest to that goal? And similar to what you have done with Ford, with kind of getting in, into the Trexo and doing a lot of the AAC and other things, that's a track of activities that will help us get to a goal faster. And the second track of activities is obviously science. To me, drug repurposing was the fastest thing because you know it could take 10 years for me to go build a new drug. But then if, if one that's already in the pharmacy works for Agav, then I might as well get that first. That was the sort of mental model that helped me uh, focus on repurposing. And it's helped a lot for us because we got him started on this drug, N-acetylcysteine, two weeks after his diagnosis. And a month after his diagnosis, he started on a cocktail of, of four drugs that has since shown some improvements in his skeletal abnormalities. So we we know the strategy works, and we're kind of doubling down on the strategy, and then and then thinking about what else can we do here. So I, I think the two key things that keep help keep me going is problem solving and and working backwards. It's
0: really remarkable, and I I watch you with in awe a lot of the time. What you and what all three of you are doing, it's really and it's really amazing, and it inspires me too to kind of see what else I can do for our organization and for you know, the science that's starting with CT and NB1. So I just love seeing parents like just pick every, pick that huge heavy car up and put it over there because there's no other choice.
1: Not all parents have to lift the same car. So you bring something else to the table and it may not be the best use of your time and energy and and effort and and love to go learn the science. You know, it just that's, that's not you. You know, but you need to understand it enough to go, oh, I can make the right choices here.
0: Totally. And I suppose at this point, that's definitely more of what I think. I think I'm bringing a lot of my gifts to the table for our community and I feel really good about them. But yes, understanding a little more of the work behind and the problem solving and where money needs to go and understanding the genes, like that's definitely something that I'm learning. It's not my strong point, like maybe the both of you, obviously, and I know that, but I do know how to connect people. I know where to go for the things. And I just like having at least a little baseline of everything. But I do like to, yeah, kind of nail that in for parents is that you don't necessarily have to have this big fundraising skill or this cool science background or this project managing, you know, career path to get the job done because we, all have a job, and it's every single piece has to be there to make this work
2: absolutely. Very, it's very true. We all have a job, and I think it's it, it, that's how we grow as an ecosystem, right like we we get richer and we spread the word because we all play our parts and we all bring our strengths to the table. and I think we actually bring our strengths we have amplified our strengths i should say if, if 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 it was not not for this journey, we would have never gotten this. I mean, I wouldn't. I I would have never gotten into podcasts, and I I don't know about you, FAU. But I would have never done any of the things that I've done in my life if it was not for Raga.
0: Same, yeah, no, never. I I. This might be a, a side note, but I don't want to obliterate it by making it up. But I love something that you did when you were at that Global Genes event. It was a question that you asked that kind of changed everything. What was that, Sena? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, maybe. I, I have a couple of questions. So um,
0: I remember you were at the Global Genes thing and you were asking people a specific question that kind of maybe changed the course of how you were going to fight for Ragav.
2: Right. The, the question, I think, what you're referring to is, what if any of this didn't work? Is that the question?
0: I don't think so. Just ignore me. I'm going to go back and listen to that episode.
1: No, no, he had a question. And I think we talked about it in our first season early on, like episode two. Um, The question he asked, the question he asked me was, what incentive is there for these pharmaceutical companies to care about my son?
0: That's what it was. So it was when the two of you met.
1: Yeah, which actually we couldn't meet at Global Genes. I didn't know Sanath was chasing me around, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we just didn't cross paths there. But two days after, I think, we started uh, messaging back and forth.
0: What do you think the podcast that you've created has done for the both of you or our community or for Raghav?
2: The podcast has definitely been incredibly therapeutic for us. I had a way of solving problems that I, I just wanted to communicate to to the rest of the community that. That here is my way, and I, I wanted to learn from others on how they had approached uh, a similar situation. Because what I'm what I'm realizing is 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 that my way is just one of of million of, millions of ways in which you could approach a rare diagnosis, you could approach creating a treatment. No one's right, no one's wrong. Everything is different, and you know this is diversity, right? So I wanted to learn from everybody, and and that, that that's been an incredible um, outcome of of having this podcast. I've met a lot of people through this journey that I wouldn't have met otherwise and, and learned from them. A lot of people listen to our podcasts that have said that it's been very inspiring for them to know what's going on with our lives. I, I think the, the best of all is I don't have to explain to my friends on what I'm going through. They listen to my podcast and they'll know exactly what's happening in my life. I don't have to, I mean, if, if I pick up the phone, they'll ask me questions from what, what I talked about in the latest episode. They'll be like, how is cochlear implant surgery? And I've not spoken to them in <laughs> 12 months, but they know about the surgery. So, yeah,
0: that kind of connects to what I was saying before. Uh, like, creating this helped open a window for those people to come back into my life because I didn't have time or the will to explain over and over maybe this hard thing that I had to do that day or that Ford is feeling this way. You can put it on this platform and people can come in when they can come in and get insight into your world without you having to waste any more bandwidth on. Sharing your story,
2: and you don't have to share it with with every one of them, right? You can give you a mechanism to share it with with all of them, and and sometimes you don't get the time to talk to people because we're we're busy changing diapers.
0: Totally, I I remember, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I first started a Facebook group for Ford because I realized that I had ignored every phone call and text for months of like, how's everything, how's Ford, how are y'all doing, and I was just like you know what? I'm going to make a group. I'm going to write on there what's going on. And people can go there if they want to know, because I can't do this. I can't do this right
1: now. And it's hard for those people out there who want to help, but they don't know what's going on. And, and so they keep asking how they can help. And it's like, that's just one more task answering your question. And so if you, if you can clue them in on what's going on somehow, then they can find ways to help without even asking.
0: Yeah. Cause ultimately people want to people yearn to help and allowing them to do that for them and for ourselves right learning to accept that kind of help from others is a skill that you also learn along the way in this for sure
2: <laughs> i think we talked about this a little bit I, I think asking for help and accepting help is is a is a new skill that i've learned along this journey and especially through the podcast for sure uh, because I don't know. For some reason, my upbringing personally has been that you never ask people for help. You always be self-sustainable. You always have what you want, and you you only ask for help uh, as something that's, that's beneath you, right? That's just how I'd been brought up. And and in this journey, I have to ask for help like hundred times a day. There is just no way I can uh, I can grow or make any progress without other people's help. And I've gotten to a point where I'm really efficient at asking for help and. I've also gotten to a point where I can I can recognize when people are ready to give help I'll pave the path for them to actually give help and take it uh, which is which is people feel great about it
0: totally oh my gosh I connect with that for sure same I mean I I I wasn't necessarily raised to asking for help was beneath me but I was raised to figure out how to do everything for myself and you know be independent and not burden other people more so and so when I realized that uh, I had to do this if my entire family wanted to survive. It was definitely a learning curve, right? Because you you don't necessarily know how to ask at first. You don't necessarily know how to accept it without feeling like you owe them something.
1: What's What's really odd about that is I would guarantee that all three of us are people who like to serve others. And so you serve others. And do you want anything back? You, no, you just want to serve them and give them hope, and let their life be better. That's the payoff. But why is it so hard to ask when you need something of someone else who probably wants to serve? You know, why Why is that so hard for us? It's just one of those human things. And I think Sana has got it. We get brought up to be, you know, grow towards independence. And if you're not being independent, then what would you do wrong? Maybe not that harshly, but, you know, you start to question what it, what happened. When really you just need to ask someone, "Hey, could I tap into what you do really well for a minute?" because I'm terrible at it.
0: Breaking those family systems. And yeah, realizing that when I'm offering you help, I would never want you to think that I'm thinking, "Oh, this is going to be annoying. This is going to put me out. I hope they give me something back in return because I'm helping." Like nobody's ever thinking that when they're when they want to help you.
1: The ones the ones who want something back make it very clear. You know, there's a price for this. Sure, we can help. Here's the service. You know, Here's our fee schedule. You know. And so it's a different relationship. It's funny you asked before. So coming into this and, and Sana talked about how now people know what he's going through. Actually, I've got friends who listen to this and now they understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. They're, they, they'll come up to me and say, like, oh, that last one was just, oh my gosh, I was on the edge of my seat. That was wonderful. And I'm like, which one, which, you know, I recorded that one long ago. I don't even remember, but it's really cluing them into why, why rare disease? Why are you focused on this area of the world? And this just lays it right out there. Here's why.
0: Yeah. Kevin, you have a very unique background and this kind of warm, warm, podcast that you're doing now is not necessarily different but it's it's really beautiful to see what you're devoting your time to and the friendship that you've created with sanath and ramya um, yeah
1: someday i'll meet them <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's right we've never met well hi, hi so stranger. Funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: we were supposed to meet on march 16th and it was march no march 19th i think that's when you're when you're uh Conference was going to happen and on March 13th, everything went into lockdown. One of the things that that I look at in life, that's my perspective on things, is that everything we experience prepares us. So what's prepared the two of you to do what you're doing now? What prepared you for having a rare child?
2: Did anything prepare you, Effie? Yeah, I don't think Uh, nothing could prepare us. There was
0: like a volcano, and it erupted, (laughs) and it (laughs) melted everything. Uh, (laughs) You know, I think I think I was lucky to have a big family and parents who taught us a lot of valuable lessons, and most of the time, the hard way. And we we were expected to. Learn from our mistakes, really, uh, because you had twelve other people harping on you to make sure that you did that, uh, and that we're going to tell on you if you didn't. So I think <laughs> I think I went through a lot of things in life like that, just with having a big family, but then also kind of, you know, the morals that we were taught growing up and growing as a person and really trying to make this place better than I found it was something that was definitely instilled in me facing a lot of fears like i everybody goes through a lot of things right there's there's so many hard moments that you think is probably the hardest thing that you you're ever going to have to deal with and then another thing happens and you're like oh, okay well i guess this is the hardest thing there's definitely no way another harder thing is going to happen but i think if you pay attention to these moments and you learn something from them that's why you're equipped to be able to handle when that volcano erupts because you've actively and intentionally learned from the hard things, the mistakes, you know, the gaping holes in the earth. And I think that you just always have to have that drive to pick yourself up.
1: Absolutely.
2: I wish I had a, I had a a large family like that. I I grew up as a, I I grew up as a single kid, just, just being spoiled with everything. So I had, (laughs) I, I, we didn't even, I didn't even have siblings um and the only friends that I had were all other single kids and my wife is also just one kid uh, so we've we've always kind of grown in this in this in this ecosystem where everything is ours and and even today even today like even like a couple of days ago my wife was telling me that i I, I take too much from the dinner plate because i I'm, I'm sort of grown. In 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 a state where everything every every food is mine, like everything that I take is just for me. Right? I never share anything. And So to me, sharing is something that's very unnatural, and and it, it it felt really unnatural in the early stages for me to share. But I think what what had prepared me a lot is 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 just being a single child. I I got a lot of time to think for myself. Uh, i would got a lot of time to think curiously about why something is the way they are. My interest in in just looking at the world and and starting to kind of put together how it was created this way it is, and so that's that's sort of my interest in, in 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 learning and and also problem solving is this when I started looking at my son, I, 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 my my interest naturally sort of fall, fall into place where I I wanted to know why my son was brought, brought, brought created this way. Um, obviously, I knew the mutation exists. Then, what what from the mutation? What does it create? Um, and and I actually have theories um, that I didn't share with anybody. But uh, I actually had theories on 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 why my son's uh, skeletal abnormalities exist the way they do, uh, and I had hypothesized that it will correct over time, and it did. Uh, so I'm I'm proud of that. But then I cannot tell this to anybody besides in the podcast because <laughs> no one with the right mind is going to be asking is going is going to believe me. So it's fine. Nobody needs to believe me as long as it works for my son. I'm 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 happy with that. So my my interest has just been you know just been curiosity and and, and thinking.
1: So I guess I am getting to know you, enough because as I wrote this question this morning and I was looking, okay, what what do I expect Sanat to say? Curiosity was the first thing that popped up. Um, one of the most important traits. You 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 want to know what's going on and why, and that is taking you leaps and bounds. I think for me, this whole getting into this, what's prepared me. It's my career, like you said. You know, I I worked at a pharmaceutical company for thirty years, so I understand what it takes to to get a medicine actually to people. And I also spent a lot of time working in church work and doing mission work and uh, working with the poor, and and just serving those in need. And this is just an extension of that. This is this is my ministry, not just my job. So it's a. It's a way to reach out and uh and support people. Tell us again, Effie, where can people find you? And I can't imagine they can't find you. You're everywhere. But where can they they find you? Email, Twitter.
0: You can find me everywhere, like like Kevin said. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn at onceuponagene.com. The podcast is on every platform. You can go subscribe to it or you can just listen to it on the website if you don't want to do that technical stuff. The Once Upon a Gene TV show is available on YouTube currently and it's also on the Disorder channel itself. Like I said, on a Roku or an Amazon Fire Stick, you can download that channel. And you can message me anytime. I'm here for whatever. If you just have a question, if you want to connect about something, if you want an email address to... Uh, guest I've had on my show, uh, just let me know.
1: Wonderful. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners?
0: Man, y'all, we are stronger together. And I know that is cliche, but watch us go. Look at what's happening and be fueled by these people that inspire you. Kevin, Sanath, Ramya, everything that you're doing keeps other people going, including myself. And it's just so exciting to see the passion behind all of these people. And it's it's just such a special community. So hang on tight because everyone is here to have the same end goal. And it's really exciting to watch the growth in this community and the love in this community. And I'm I'm honored to be a part of
1: it. Raising Rare is produced by Salem Oaks empowering patients and caregivers to shape the future of medicine. CureGPX4.org is dedicated to finding a treatment and cure for SSMD. You can donate to CureGPX4 on the Raising Rare podcast page or at CureGPX4.org. You can continue to follow Raga's story next time on Raising Rare.